Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luant, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Greetings in the name of Jesus. How are you this morning? We are going to share together from the scriptures. We are grateful this month. We are focusing on evangelism. And I want to encourage each and every one person. If you will have the glimpse, the glimpse of heaven, it's like having your own child who fails. You know, the, the pain that a parent will go through for their child who's not doing very well. I always say to the parent with single children, that have a playground, have, have the child with more friends. Because you will discover by the time the child goes to school that the child have not learned much. But to you is a brilliant child because as well you are a first, first parent. And even with us, it's the same challenge that as we come before the Lord, as we are going to share the word, our church from 2015, we make a decision to strategically tend the church. And I want to challenge you that make your mind. You see, uh, it's a choice to fall in love. It's a, it's a decision that you make. I'm staying in this relationship. And today, that's the same challenge I want to give to us. That as we share the word of God, I want you to have a bigger picture of the plan that God has for us. He wants every one of us to do well. He wants every one of us to excel. He wants each and every one of us to show strength and power. God wants us that when we come into heaven, it should be a great joy and excitement. I sometimes look at children when their parents come. The excitement they have for their parents to appear, I'm looking for that day, that one day when you appear before God, there should be that excitement, not sadness of heart, because you realize you did all the other things except what your parents ask of you to do. I always talk to my children and say, don't change the instruction. Yes, don't change the instruction. Most of us are failing because we always want to change the instruction. We want to add our own thing. You ask the person, can you do this? They say yes. But later, they, they call again and say, can I do it this way? In other words, they have not allowed themselves to be mastered. You see, when you are great, is to be humble. And then when you are humble, you take instruction and you follow it through. Even though in your mind it tells you this thing will not work. But you follow the instruction because there is security in that instruction. There is protection in that instruction. So I'm looking at that day when you appear before the Father, dancing and rejoicing that I've done the thing my Father wanted me to do. Than, than to appear with sadness of heart Realizing all my life, I wasted it. But what was it for? Was it for bread and water only? You know, you worked so hard just to feed yourself. And that's why sometimes we miss the point. Because somebody was saying, it seems like you are only preaching this thing. And say, it's the only thing that Jesus preached. So, we don't have the many things to preach. Prosperity and success is given. Yes, it's given. It is children's bread. This is, this is our portion. But we don't preach gold and silver because it's already given. 
Yes, the blessing has been declared. We have been blessed with our spiritual blessings. So we will not pack. Can you imagine the woman throughout their life looking at the ring? Say, oh, this ring is a diamond ring. It's so nice. No, no, there's more. There's still, there's still a house. Your husband has got a house. This boy that you undermine. In him, there is a house. There's children. There is money. And all of those things. But when you look at him, it doesn't look like he's an excellent guy. But all of these things are embodied and hidden. So when we say we are blessed, we don't have to talk about the blessing because it's given. It's given. I can't come to my house and every time talk about the bread in my house. You come to my house, you are going to eat. Whatever is there, you will be blessed. Yes, but there are many things to talk about beyond the kitchen. So tell your neighbor, let's not stay in the kitchen. Let's proceed. There's still children. There's still children that needs to be conceived. There is still work to be done. There are still fields to be plowed. There's more people to see. So my challenge to you is that as we share, I want you to have a bigger picture of yourself appearing before God. Seeing the big picture of the grace of God upon our life. Seeing the love of God that is given to you and appearing before him with broad smiles. Excited that I've tried. I've done my bits. This is the little I could do. We don't know how much by the time we arrive in heaven. Maybe what you are doing, what you think is little and is small. And maybe what you are thinking is small is insignificant and useless. We are teaching on evangelism, our love for God. Evangelism is the heartbeat of the Father. Can we go together to the book of Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39? Matthew 22, 36 to 39. So the excitement and the joy we have to serve the Lord should propel us to make sure that Saturday is not only the only day to go and do outreach. Outreach, every day we meet people at work everywhere. We should be sharing and telling the love of God. Hallelujah. Matthew 22, 36, 39, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hallelujah. Love what? Yes, it says love your neighbor. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hallelujah. Yes. The first commandment, it says love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Give yourself for the work of the Lord. God still have more that he wants to give to you. God still have more that he wants to bless you with. Hallelujah. Loving the Lord and Jesus Christ is to love your brother and your sister. The Bible says, how can you say you love your, your God while the person you see eye to eye every day you don't love? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Many years ago, 
one of our counselors was teaching us. He said to me and my wife, says, you see, you're going to fall out of love when you are married. Says this thing of saying, oh, you are in love. He says, it's going to come to an end. The only thing will remain is commitment. And so he started teaching us about the different kinds of love. And one of it that he spoke, he says, you must love your wife as your enemy. Because the Bible says, love your enemies. So you can't fall out of love. You, you can't say, oh, now, now we are fighting to hell with you. Like some people speak in their houses. You must, even when things don't work, you must love with the love of an enemy, which is the love of the Lord. The Lord loves the enemy. It's an agape love. All of, he loves all of us. Hallelujah. Loving the Lord and loving Jesus is to love your neighbor, to love your brother, to be concerned about their, their well-being. Witnessing and evangelism is the love of God. When we go out to share, we are showing and displaying a true character of the Father. Yes. We cannot be happy that our neighbor doesn't know. You know, the, the example I have in my mind is when we grew up, we have Marabastad. I don't know if you've been to Marabastad. You need to be in Marabastad one day. Marabastad, they sell all nice clothes. If you have a good eye, you'll find powerful things there. There are merchants, lots of them, thousands of them. Somebody will find a very nice suit and they will put on their suit and you, you come and say, hey, you look very nice. Why did you buy it? And the person says, hey, this one. I bought it somewhere in Jobek. And yet you put it here in Marabastad. You don't have the love for others. You're only thinking of yourself. And that's why it's not surprising that after you thought you know, people do better than you. Yeah. So when we love, when we witness and evangelize and invite people to come into the presence of the Lord, we are showing the love of God. Yes, some people that you have invited, to you it might be insignificant. It might be, oh, it's one of the things I do as a kind of Christian duty. But you don't know who you have invited. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know the person sitting next to you. Yes, this might be your greatest breakthrough ever. Yes. The love for souls is manifested in us sharing Jesus to our neighbor. I said the love for souls is manifested in us sharing Jesus to our neighbor. Jesus is an extension of God's love to humanity. Holiness is not a separation from sinners. You know, sometimes we say, oh, let us be holy. That it means people who don't know God, people who are sinners. No, no. Holiness is not a separation from sinners. It's a separation from sin. We must be separated from sin, but continue to love the sinner. You remember our calling. We are called to salvation and we are called to holiness. We cannot just say we love Jesus and live the way we like. Because our witness is in the lifestyle we keep. It tells a story. God has blessed us, but we don't live promiscuously in our blessing. We will not die of sickness and disease that we cause for ourselves. 
sleeping around and picking up these diseases. No. We will not die. Our food will not kill us by developing what they call modern sickness. You know, when you eat certain food, you develop HIV, not HIV, you develop sugar diabetes and the other things. We call them modern life sickness. Your blessing must not kill you. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and he has no sorrow. So no high blood, no sugar diabetes, no arthritis, because the blessing of the Lord make it rich. So when we share the gospel to others, we are busy receiving healing for ourselves. Because we plant, we are sowing ourselves in others. God as well is showing kindness towards us. Don't forget, we said, the Bible says, with long life, I will bless you. But long life is not living until 100 years. Long life is fulfilling God's purpose and intent. Before you die, you must have completed and fulfilled the mission of God about your life. Most people are asking, what do I live for? I tell you, if you only live to make money, your life is very small. If you only live to be comfortable, you'll be shocked. That's why I always say, be, be interesting. Ask, ask your elders. Ask your grandfather. Ask your grandmother. Ask those who are rich who seem to be successful. And tell them, please, give me an insight. How has been your life? And what will you do if you had the chance again? You'll realize, they'll tell you, I will not pursue the things I pursued. They, were, they looked important at the time, but they are not important. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord should be our strength. We have got a few points. I will close. We have a, 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 a missions offering, so I need to make time for it. We are talking about the love of God. We said the love for souls is manifested in sharing Jesus to our neighbor. Jesus is an extension of God's love to humanity. And holiness is not a separation from sinners, but from sin. Number one, we are talking about evangelism, our love for God. You are yourself, you are an embodiment. If you win souls, you become the embodiment or you become the true face of God. The love, evangelism is showing love to an unloved community. May the Lord have mercy. Number one, our love for the Lord, Jesus, is our love for our neighbor. If you love the Lord, then where is your neighbor? Can you ask your neighbor? Oh, you say you love the Lord. Where is your neighbor? You came alone. Oh, you say you are in love. You, you see, people who are in love, they are always together. They are not far from each other. You know, when you see somebody, you, you know somebody's not far. You get it? Now, the problem is that you are not in love, sister. You are not in love. So, this is why you behave. You leave your neighbor. But if, if, if you truly love the Lord, then where is your neighbor? They ask the question, who is my neighbor? You know, they were becoming technical. Who is my neighbor? Your neighbor is any other person. That doesn't know the Lord. That person is your neighbor. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
You shall do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. You should be concerned about the well-being of your neighbor. You know, most of us like pretenses. And the church is worse. That's why the other time I was saying the unfortunate part of it is that we are great actors. Yeah, we act. In the church, we act. Yeah, we act better than people in the theater there. All of us look holy, righteous, no problems. Yes. We are putting on a mask. Adam and Eve. When, when, when there are things were not working, they decide we are going to cover it up. Yes. And th this is a story of human life. What have you covered this morning? Yes. What is it that we have covered that we pretend to our neighbor that everything is fine with us? Yes. Sometimes that's what we think. But the Bible says here, you know, for all the law is fulfilled in one way, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You, if, if you truly love, you will not be carrying grudges. Women, you will not be carrying grudges. Yes. Your love, your true love for God will be to forgive. We always say, before you did what you are doing, we have already forgiven you. Yes. I said, don't worry. I'll be upset. Natural. I'll be hurt. It's natural. I'll be frustrated. It's natural. But I've already forgiven you. It might be just a walk I need to walk. But the decision I've already made long time before you came. I've already made a decision that nobody will offend me. Amen. I made that decision. Yes. I said, I've made the decision. I've made the decision. Nobody will offend me. I might be hurt, I might be frustrated, but you are forgiven. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? Can you ask your, your sister, brother, sitting next to you, Where is Abel, your brother? Yes, where, where, where is your brother? You know, we were, we were preaching yesterday in a, in a church growth conference. There were three elders sitting. And I asked the first one, I said, how many people are in your house? She said, four. Three children, including herself, is four. The second one, she said, I think five. Then the last one says, we are six, including me, seven. When we counted, I think the total number came to around 15 people. And I asked them, where are the children and the people from your house? You know, what makes us to leave our nanny to leave people from home is because we are indifferent. When nobody, when you have not suffered death, you believe you are indispensable. Yeah. When, when you have not been disappointed, when you have not failed in life, every failure is a fool. Until the day you fail. And it's then that you realize, I needed the counsel of others. I needed to have stayed in in order to receive protection. So I said to them, where are the people? The people were everywhere. They didn't care for their neighbor. Even though these were their own children. These were their own family members. No, they were happy that they would go to heaven by themselves. Listen, you cannot be ashamed to tell the person the truth that there is heaven and there is hell. 
and that if you don't make right, you are going to go to hell. It's not, it's not like, oh, it's an option. It, it's going to be fine. If you die, it will be well. No. I want every family member, when they die, I want them to know that you can make a turn today and make right with God. God was asking, he says, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? It's, it's, it's a bad attitude. Yes, it's a very bad attitude. It's a very bad attitude to say, who cares? You are, you, are, you are a shepherd. You have people who are in your cell. They are not coming to church. They are not coming to cell. And you make a statement. Anyway, I expected them not to last. You are kind. You are indifferent. It's because you are comfortable. That's why I say grow. Pray that you have children. Let them grow. Then you'll see this sarcasm, this, this, this hard attitude will change. Yeah. Yeah. Your children will humble you. I will make you a pastor. I'll make you a pastor and you'll have your own church. Yeah. You will preach to empty chairs. Yeah. Because of indifference. Yeah. Because of what? Indifference. There are people who are supposed to be here, but because of indifference, they believe they are fine. Yes, they believe they are fine. It's a, it's a, it's a very bad mindset. Kind, God, can you imagine God is talking to you and you say to God, I don't care. Am I his keeper? Oh, we might think, oh, kind, it was too far. I was asking the woman, where, where is your family member? They were saying they are everywhere. You know, it's a Saturday. We are going this. We are going this. We are going. The mall is a deception. Yeah. The funeral is a deception. The wedding, the baby shower and the bridal shower is a deception. Yes. You arrange all the other things except the one thing. It is for your comfort. And, and, and this is what he says. Then the Lord said to come, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are your brother's keeper. Can you tell your neighbor? You are your brother's keeper. Think, think, think about it this way. You die. And everybody else dies. And you are in heaven. And you see your mother, your father, your sister, your aunties who have done so much for you. Who sacrificed everything for you to become the person. They are not here in the city. You are staying in the city. They are not here in the city. They helped you, but you couldn't help them. They sacrificed so much for you, but you couldn't even care when you come to, be, to sit down with them and say, yes, I know they will be upset, but I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to engage my neighbor, this one in the flat, who seems not to know. It's party after party after party. They are busy degrading their life. I'm going to take time. They'll ridicule me. They'll speak words. But I'll make them to be aware that there is hope. They don't have to waste their life. Am I telling somebody? Amen. Think about it. You are in heaven. You are enjoying yourself. You are Lazarus. And your aunt is crying. She says, you remember, you left your cousins. Your nieces and everybody. I think our family will make a case and say, Lord, these ones don't deserve to be in heaven. They were too selfish for them to gain access. Please. 
send them to where we are. We helped them. We took them to school. We took them to university. We even found jobs for them. Yes. Some of us, everything we have, somebody gave it to us. The job, everything. Even the career you chose, you didn't make the decisions. Somebody made the decision for you. You are going to do this course. Because they could see your strengths. Am I talking to somebody? Number two, your love for God and your Savior Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ is proven in your love for others. We should be the friend of sinners, yet remain untamed by the things of this world. I said we should remain friends of those who are perceived to be sinners, yet remain untamed by the things of the world. John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that a man, than to lay down one's life for a friend. If you really love your friends, you wouldn't be casual with them. Yes. You wouldn't be casual. I used to have some friends who used to go, when I got born again, we were going from party to party. When I got born again, I was still in part of the party, but I was spoiling the party. They had to ask, this guy must not come, because every time he talks to our girlfriends, and he tells them they'll go to hell by heavy sex. I was 16, 17 at the time, so sex was everything. Now having boyfriends, girlfriends is a main centerpiece in the mind of a small boy, a small girl. It's image that you are thinking about. And I will be in their midst and tell them, if you die today, you have already signed your passport to hell. Yeah, so the boys hated me. They said, we don't want this guy. We can't drink our beer. We can't intoxicate the girls. We can't enjoy ourselves. Yes. But you are very comfortable. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life on friend. Listen. It's, it's a small price to pay to be ridiculed by your aunts and, your, and to tell you, to tell you uh, leave us alone. If you tell them, you open a door, that the day when there's a problem, they know where to go. Some of you, they are using you as an example, even though they don't know what is it that has made you to be successful. They tell their children, look at so-and-so. Look at so-and-so, he's a good child. Why? Because you have received Jesus, but you are not telling any other person. You are keeping it to yourself. What kind of love is this? Acts chapter 4 verse 12. The Bible tells us, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So every man must know and make a choice. Yes. You must make a choice. I want to receive you. There neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name is Jesus. Your uncles, your my relatives, they always get annoyed. When I come, they say, we know you are going to tell us. And sometimes it's very easy when there is wedding, baby shower and whatever. I've told you many times. Just tell them, it takes long before we eat. I'm sure you have discovered. While they are making the fire and whatever, have a prayer meeting. Call everybody else. Can we just pray for the child? Can we just pray for the bride? Can we just pray 
you know, because there's a lot to pray for. People will come. And then you tell them, it's good to celebrate. The Bible says, the, the world ended while, we were, while people were getting married and being given in marriage. So you remind them. And when you finish, you make that a goal. If you want to receive Jesus, you are my family, you are my relative. I don't want to be in hell. Then you read them the story of uh, 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 the rich man and Lazarus. And say, I don't want to be in heaven, enjoying myself, seeing you bend, because we're going to see each other. You will see the bad decision you have made here on earth. And the good decision I will have made. The best decision, the best decision we can make is to receive Jesus. Because we know the end will be great. Hallelujah. Number three. Salvation is in our testimony and victory is in the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12 verse 11. I say salvation is in our testimony and victory is in the blood. That's why people don't understand. Testimony is powerful. The book of Matthew say, unless you confess me in public before men. Yes, it's confession. That's testimony. Yes. Unless you speak of me, I will not speak about you. Revelation said, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. Our victory is in the things we say. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If, if you say you have faith and you have no works, you are deceiving yourself. We have to believe and actualize the belief by speaking it. By speaking it. Some of us need to speak to ourselves more. I'm a Christian. You need to say it again. I'm a, I'm born again Christian. My, my first calling is salvation. My second calling is to live a holy life. To shun evil. Why your family is not getting born again? Your friends are not getting born again? It's because you are a yo-yo Christian. Monday you are up. Wednesday you are down. Thursday you are halfway. Sometimes we don't know if you are coming up or you are going down. Then people are confused. They say, is he going forward? Or is he going backward? What's going on with this person? I don't want the Jesus they have. It seems to bring confusion to them. You need to make that decision. I receive Jesus. I'm a Christian. In church and outside the church. At home and at work. Yes. I'm a Christian. I always tell women. Be a Christian woman. Yes. Don't come with world, world uh, philosophies. Be a Christian woman. Women are some of the most powerful beings on earth. And God has given you the grace to guide somebody, to help somebody. When you come, by the time you appear before God as a woman, the whole heaven should stand up and say, out of this woman, great ministries were fulfilled, great children were raised, nations have been transformed, born again, the heaven is populated because of the decision of one person. These problems we have of rape and whatever, the boys, these boys are raised by women. The culture, the mother has the power while the child is small to teach the boy, this is your sister. The way the boy treats you, you should tell the boy, that's how you should treat your sister. Every girl you see, you must protect. But our boys are wild and 
Some of them, they, 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 I was being told the story that a small boy of 11 will beat the mother and beat everybody in the house. 11, 12. Who raised the boy? Who raised this monster? I remember one day we had this uh, house help who came to help us. When she dished out, first, first, I think first, first week, I think I got like four or five pieces of meat. I was staying with two of my nephews. They got almost half of what I got. And then uh, my, I think I only had two children, and maybe Tadres and baby. Got small two pieces. And my wife got a small, medium-sized piece. And the same woman as well got one small, medium piece. And I said to my wife, I said, you see, this is the problem. So I called her. I said, in my culture, we don't do this. When I grew up, you don't eat what adult, if you are a man. Girls will eat everything, not us. I don't remember me eating a, a proper chicken meat. No. I'll eat anything that they don't want to eat. I don't know you get it. And every time they will tell me, a man is a man by the works of his head. You must produce. You will grow, you will eat like your father one day. But you must go and work. You can't be here and expect us to feed you. Yes, and we had rewards. We were, I can tell you our rewards. They were always telling us, if you do this and this and this, you'll get this. Today, people are just eating, enjoying themselves. That's why we have become, our boys are, are brutal. The mother even tells the boy, one woman was saying to the boy, all these things belong to you. You are the, you are the one who's going to inherit. The boy is a rogue. Yeah, till today. While we were listening on radio, he will come and say, this radio is my inheritance. He will pick it up and walk away with it. I'm telling you the truth. You remember, before television and all of these things, we used to listen to eight, uh, quarter to eight story, and then eight o'clock to quarter past eight. Spady and uh, Tuana, Tuana stories. The, the time was different. So you listen to both of them. You move from this one to that one. He will just come and pick up. This radio, I say, this is my inheritance. My mother told me, I'm taking it. And we could do nothing. The man has not become anything. Not much. Who is the problem? The most powerful woman relented. Your boy child should not be raised like a girl. I always tell women, don't speak to your boy and nag. You must tell the boy, don't do it once. And you mean it. Don't say, oh, don't do it. And then, sign, don't do it. Then he knows you are not serious. If I say stop it, it's it. Stop. Case closed. Go to your room. Or you are not going to get this or that. I was saying the other day, you tell your children, you are not going to get ice cream. And when the church comes out and you have other children, you make sure you go to KFC, you buy ice cream, you give others doesn't get ice cream. Say, I told you, you are misbehaving. He cries, and you tell others, should you give him, I will not buy you. Yes. Then he will start to bend his way. Am I talking to somebody? May the Lord help us. Salvation is our testimony and victory in the blood of Jesus. We have to actualize it by speaking it. The more we speak about it, the more we get more born again. The less we speak about it, 
the more we lose our Christianity. We have to speak about it to become more Christian. We less, if, that's why people who don't speak and testify about the Lord, they live a wild life. Soon they do their own thing. May the Lord have mercy. I said, may the Lord have mercy. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, we read it. Revelation 19, verse 10, it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See, that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. You must be like this uh, angel that was given. He says, Thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. When you share, you speak about your prophesying. Every time we say Jesus is coming, we are telling people the end of time. Every time we tell people things will be right when you receive Jesus, your, your earthly things might not necessarily be solved, but you might be able to live through your challenges. Yes. The spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every time we share about Jesus, we are prophesying. We are telling the people about the love of God and the end time. The end is coming. In your comfort, no, the end is coming. In your distress and pain, no, the end, the end is coming and God is with you. Yes. The same way like uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were going through distress. They were going to die. But they chose to stand with Jesus. They say, if we perish... We perish. Esther did the same. He says, if I perish, I perish. I hold my peace. Number four, Jesus is the outreach of God to men. When, when God wanted somebody to help, Jesus said, I will go. Now today, God needs help. Will you go? Will you tell somebody, will your family perish because you are comfortable? Will your neighbor perish because you are comfortable. The blood of Jesus is our salvation and the power of restoration to us. Salvation in the blood, salvation is in the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. The book of Exodus 12, 13. It says, now the blood shall be a sign for you in your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Every person needs to be blood washed. They need their sins to be forgiven. They need the blood of Jesus to wash them. How will they know that God has died for them while you don't care? While you treat the sacrifice of Jesus with contempt. Yes. You're not taking it as critical. You're not taking it as serious. You're looking at it and say, you know, I'm fine. I don't think others need Jesus the same way as I do. It says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. The Bible says the plague. You know what is the plague? The plague is the case. Most of us are living in a case because the blood has not touched us. When the blood touches you, everything in your life will stop because you'll see the agency. The person you met yesterday might not be alive today. It's not like, oh, we have an opportunity of a lifetime. Recently, we buried one of a premier evangelists. Nobody thought such a young person could pass away. But all of us agree, the man has changed the world. The churches, yes, I've been in these meetings. We will turn this, the church upside down. Preaching the gospel uncompromisingly so. But you, what are you doing? The plague, the church is going through pain. Some of the sufferings you have is because you have stopped testifying 
and speaking of Jesus. Sometimes you need God to touch you. And when, when that happens, you might feel the pain and the sadness that I have the chance, but I never used the chance. The blood of Jesus brings forgiveness to us. I have to be washed with the blood of Jesus for my sins to be forgiven. And therefore, we need to allow others. The blood of Jesus is very important in the scheme of things. Number five, if you do not win souls, you are faithless and your salvation in Christianity is in doubt. We doubt that you are a Christian. You are just religious. Religious people, they are just happy to come to church on Sunday and not do anything. That's why I always ask the question, what is your contribution to the service? What is your contribution to the service? Is it just your presence? Are you financing? Are you winning souls? Are you giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord? And this is a challenge. I said, if you do not win souls, you are faithless and your salvation in Christianity is in doubt. We are called to win souls and we are called to heal. The book of uh, Matthew chapter 9 teaches us, it says we are called to preach, to teach, and to heal. It is a call of each and every Christian to do so. May this be your story in the name of Jesus. The gospel is fire, it should be fire in your bones. It is impossible to keep quiet when the true salvation and the joy of salvation has come into your heart. It's impossible. You will be telling, it's like, I always like saying, you have not fallen in love. Let the girl fall in love. You see, when a boy says to you, I love you, but don't tell anyone, they are not in love with you. They are lying. You see, the day, the day I fell in love and I proposed my wife and she said yes, I think the whole world knew within few. If there was cell phone, WhatsApp, I think within seconds, the whole world, Facebook, whatever, everybody will know. This guy has found a love and somebody. But you are in love and we can't even see it. You are a fake. How can you tell the girl, oh, I love you, but let's keep it quiet for now. You are a fool if you accept the boy. You must tell him, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you really in love with me? And you don't want people to know. What kind of love is this? God declared this love publicly. Christ was on the cross for everybody else. In his nakedness, he loved us. Yes. In his brokenness, he gave us life. The Bible says, by his stripes, we received our healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 4, 28 to 30. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the man, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Yeah. Are you really in love? I doubt your love. Oh, you say you love Jesus. I doubt it. I doubt it. The woman, when she started, she was argumentative. Says this well is our ancestors. Jacob dug the well. It's us. You know, he was talking religiously. And Jesus told her, I'm the water, living water. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. When she tasted the water, she left the real water pot. She became the well 
She went back into the city and said to them, come and drink. I found everlasting water. I found something that will quench your sin and you will never sin again. The whole city, the same woman who came alone, who the Bible tells us she was distraught, she was with the fifth husband. Possibly she has finished all the neighbors. Now she has received true water. Guess what? She comes in and she says to Jesus, she says to the whole village, I found the man. Maybe this is the Christ. Can you come and see? But you have met Jesus and you are quiet. Seriously? Are you telling us you are in love? You? I don't think so. You came alone. You came alone. You didn't come with any other person. You left people in your house and you say, I'm going to church. I sometimes say, I remember my grandmother. Sunday, she will pull blankets. You know blankets? Pull blankets. And say to everybody else, she will pull them and take them out to hang them on the washing line. It's not like, oh, she has pulled them, then I'll pull them back for two minutes uh, to get my sleep again. No. Everybody's going to church. It's time. We have to wake up. She did a good job. Yeah. She didn't have the strength, but she had the authority. She used her authority. If you don't come to church, you will not get your pocket money. Forget it. Yes. You will not get your pocket money. I will not beat you, but your pocket money will not get it. Those takeys and whatever you are thinking you are going to have, you will not get. Forget it. You do what I like. Sometimes, as a parent, it might look like you are hard. You are helping yourself. Yes. My parents, I'm a Christian today. They help themselves. I remember one day my father whipping me. Go to church with my cousins. I didn't want to go to church. I went to church crying. Yeah, I'm still in church today. Because of choo, choo, choo. I'm still here. And possibly wherever he is to sleep here, I say, that's my boy. It didn't look significant at the time. Uh, somebody was looking at my death said, you are always in church. Yeah, somebody might say, oh, your children are always... Today, the neighbors are the ones that are saying, we wish our children will, be, will have been like you. But when we're going to church every day, nobody said anything. Yes, they were criticizing. The children can't enjoy themselves. They are always pushed to go to church. Now their children are wild. They don't even come home to give them money for food. Yes, they are everywhere. They are gallivanting everywhere. They're forgotten. Because as a parent, they failed. My issue is, if you are really in love with Jesus, where is your neighbor? Where are your family members? This place will be packed to capacity. Will be standing. You left people. They are your student colleagues. You left them. I don't want to bother anyone. You know, a Christian falsehood. I don't want to bother anyone. That's not peace. That's foolishness. You must make people uncomfortable. Your presence must make everybody uncomfortable. They must immediately start to count their sin and say, I'm going to confess today. The priest has come. I'm going to confess my sin. Lastly, we are called to bear witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the truth. John 18.37 says, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you the king then? Jesus answered, You said rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I will bear witness to the truth. You have been born again 
that you may bear witness to what? To the truth. For this cause I was born. You cannot be ashamed of the person that you are. It reminds me of a boy. The father died. When we went to the village to bury the boy, he started telling the people in the city that it is his uncle. Shamed because they were staying in a madhouse. And I said, I come from a madhouse. Before my parents could build the house they have in the village, all the houses we had, they were madhouses. And it's who we are anyway. A man is not worth of the things that he's got. Never be deceived. People who stay in madhouses, they even have better peace. Yeah, their houses are more cooler and better than ours. Our brick houses, is summer coming, you'll, you'll feel it. You'll be roasting inside like a chicken in an oven. Yeah, you'll, you'll want to stay outside. In a madhouse, is a better house. Is that that there are people who sell products who make the real things look bad? Yes. Madhouses, Africa, we use mud because it, it protects us. This brick thing, that's why maybe even some of the diseases have developed. But it's a commercial thing. The clothes you are putting on, it's not a choice. People forced us to put on clothes. Yes. It's hot, but it's putting on a suit. <laughs> it's true. We are in Africa. It's hot. Yes. That's why people were putting on scanty clothes. It's not like they didn't have wisdom. No. And they live longer. With us, there's a vest inside. There is a shirt. The, the man is putting on a three-piece. I'm telling you. <laughs> he's stomaching it. He's going through. He's roasting. Water is flowing through his back. Yeah. He's saying to himself, uh, you know, I'm looking. Maybe he's, he's pursuing. There is a sister he's looking for. So, so we understand. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say, if, if we were wise, we will go back and check. The ways of our ancestors were not foolish. Yes, a madhouse doesn't mean you are poor. Even though today it has been made to say you are poor. If you go to the bush, it's just that uh, our, tri our uh, uh, traditions are not the same. If you keep your livestock in the bush, we build madhouses with sticks, put mud around it, we sleep. Lion cannot break that thing. My father told me a story, says, they were in the bush, the years when they were growing up, and lions came, they slaughtered some meat and hang it inside and close. They close with sticks. You know, the door is a stick door. It says throughout the night. They had that small window. You know, the small window, they roll an old uh, cloth and cover it. It says the lion picked, the male lion picked, pushed the, 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 the cloth Ooh, inside. It says it scratched. They went around the madhouse throughout the night. And by morning, they were scared. They opened <laughs> and checked. The, animal, the, the wild animals were not there. And it says, when we went the other side, they have scratched. It just needed to have been patient. You know, when it put its paws on that small window, and it was scratching with its uh, back feet, they scratched into the mud house. Almost the whole brick was eaten. It was just a little bit left. It says that, that day, they packed they packed everything there. Animals had <laughs> moved out. Listen, we are well able to serve God. Amen. We are well able to serve God. We are called to bear witness to Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, for this cause, 
I've come. And for this purpose, I'm willing to die. Everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. Everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. John, John 14, 6, says, and Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Can we bow our heads together? Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to pray for yourself. You heard the word. I believe God spoke to you personally. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We are grateful of the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us. I pray for each and every man, woman, and child that is here. That, Lord, we will turn our hearts towards you. That, Lord, we will not pretend. That we will not be religious. That, Father, we will not be casual. Nor will we be foolish to be deceived. That we, being a Christian is to be ignorant and passive. But, Father, I pray that, Lord, we may be strong, persuasive, to make people aware that the end is coming and it's not too far. Father, we pray even today that, Lord, may we share the gospel with many others. May they come to the knowledge of, of the truth in Jesus' name. While all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, maybe you are here, maybe it's the first time you are coming, or you have been coming to church. I want to pray together with you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Truth be told, when the end of time comes, either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. But today, I'm saying to you, choose Jesus. And if you are choosing Jesus, you are choosing heaven. You are choosing a great life. It's a journey that you take. It's not an event. I want to pray together with you. If you are here today, say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the door. Today you can enter through him. So if you are here, say, I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. Lift up your hand wherever you are seated. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Luarte. For more life-transforming messages, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel at Emmanuel Christian Church HOJ. 